Bros and Steel podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ted. And uh, a lot has happened in the past few weeks with the Penguins organization. Uh, first of all, they couldn't close out the New York Rangers after leading 3-1 to one in the series and lost in seven games. And in that aftermath, uh, Ray Shiro lost his job as Penguins GM. It was a little surprising because Dan Bosma, as of right now, uh, we're recording this on May 31st, He's still the head coach. Uh, everyone was thinking going into the press conference that uh, possibly both would be losing their jobs, but if just one were to, it would be Bilesma. But they were going to leave that up to the new general manager. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen a GM get fired without a coach getting fired. Because mm-hmm. so I think when Craig Patrick got fired. They also let go of uh, Eddie Olchek at the same time, didn't they? Or yeah. Did? Yeah. Anyway, one reason that they possibly are keeping Dan Bilesma is there were some other um, divisional teams that also fired their coach, and the idea is that they keep Dan Bilesma until those other teams fill their coaching positions so that Bilesma doesn't move to another team within the division, like the Capitals or the Hurricane. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily like that, because it's not fair to the coach that won a Stanley Cup for your organization. It's a bit of a dick move. Yeah, but I do understand that they didn't want him going to Washington or Carolina. Yeah, but Washington did just sign Barry Trotz. Yeah. He was a pretty good coach. Yeah, definitely a good pickup for them. He made uh, made the Nashville Predators competitive when they really had no reason to be for all these years. So, see how he uh, deals with a team that actually has offensive talent on it. Mm-hmm. But so there's still a coaching vacancy in Carolina. Um, I don't know if the new GM would even intend to to save Bilesma's job, even if it is just the the assistant GM moving towards a full GM job, Jason Botterill. Yeah, that's the thing. We really haven't heard any names being mentioned. Uh, we really just don't know. Yeah. Assuming that there isn't a replacement GM by the time of the draft, the assistant GM, Jason Botterill, will just run the draft. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you just let him run the draft and then be the new GM or if you really want an outside guy to come in before the draft happens to get, you know, to have him immediately start putting his uh, stamp on the team that way. Yeah, I think if you do want to go and get a GM... You'd want them to come in as soon as possible and definitely start in on the draft and figure out uh, what you want. Um, I mean, the big thing that stands out to me with Shower's firing was, uh, you know, draft was probably a weakness of his. Um, you know, he did a good job stocking up the defensemen. There really is not much in Wilkes-Barre as far as forwards go. Um, you know, you have Bo Bennett, 
yeah. right after him. That yeah. was his one, like, sterling forward success. Yeah. But then beyond that, there's not much. Uh, you know, there's Brian Gibbons as, like, an energy guy, but not a whole lot of scoring depth. Um, and it wasn't not necessarily just with that, but he also traded away a fair amount of draft picks. Um, you know, the stall trade, um, the Penguins are, were able to stock up, and, you know, they were going to have a few first-round draft picks and second-round draft picks, for that matter. Um, yet they traded all those draft picks away to get Jerome McGinley, Brendan Morrow. So that didn't really work out. Um, so you'd think you'd want someone better at drafting coming in. Yeah. Do you think that's the sole reason that he doesn't have a job anymore is because he's bad at drafts? I mean, some of the – I know everyone really praises him when when he would swing a good deal, mm-hmm. but he also made some pretty crappy deals that didn't turn out very well. Like, Yeah, I think the one that comes to mind pretty much to everyone is the Alexei Ponikarovsky trade. Uh, he was supposed to be the scoring winger that Malkin needed and just didn't pan out. And then even last year, um, you know, what we talked about giving up all those draft picks to bring in Morrow and Aginla and then not even getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, I think that that year for me was more, uh, I guess, more evidence against him because, like, it seemed like when you when he just brought in Murray and Morrow, that seemed like enough. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that Aginla was out there, I think he was quoted as saying, "If we have, you know, if we have the chance to get Jerome Aginla, we're gonna get Jerome Aginla." We didn't really need Jerome Aginla. Yeah. And but you got him anyway, and then nothing really happened. You just gave up something to have this guy for a few weeks. Yeah. It didn't pan out. I know a lot of people might not agree with me, but I think it's safe to say the Penguins at least make it to the cup finals if Jerome McGinley was not in Pittsburgh because you would have a lot better balance on the team. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a year ago, but I think the Shero firing kind of caught me off guard, but I can kind of understand it as well. And I, I assume... Dan Bilesma was going to lose his job eventually this summer. Mm-hmm. But I think that in both cases, it's coming a year too late. I think the year to get rid of one or both of those guys was after last season. Mm-hmm. So an off season ago. This, I mean, this season, yeah, they got one round less into the playoffs. But for some reason, last year seems much more disappointing to me than this year did just a personal thing. I don't really know why. Probably because they lost to Boston. Yeah, I hate that <laughs> team. I really do. Anyway, um, some other stuff that uh, that happened is uh, three Pens players underwent successful surgeries. Um, Bo Bennett had wrist surgery, which is like his second or third wrist surgery. Definitely second of the year. Yeah, he seems to have trouble re-injuring that. And then, let's see, Oli Mata had uh, shoulder surgery. So, you know, he looked a little not like himself 
towards the end of the season and in the playoffs. So hopefully this kind of restores him a little bit. And the thing that really stands out to me with Mata is four to six month recovery time. So hopefully he'll be ready to go by the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely want him to be ready. And then uh, Derek Pouliot, who played – did he play any games in Pittsburgh? Or was he no. all – he was just in Wilkes-Barre the whole time. He also had uh, shoulder surgery. You might see more of him next season, mm -hmm. uh, depending on, you know, what the defense looks like. Yeah, I think he'll definitely start the season in Wilkes-Barre um, and kind of get accustomed to professional hockey, but um, he could definitely be called up if he plays well. Um, also, the Pens signed forward prospect Oscar Sundquist. Um, he was their 81st overall pick in the 2012 draft. Guy's probably gonna just play in Wilkesbury mm. for a year or two, I'd imagine. Uh, that's really all the news that's happened with uh, with the Penguins since the end of the season. So now it's just wild speculation. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> uh, but so that means we're getting to free agency. Um, trying to figure out what's going to happen with the Penguins team over the next few months. Uh, the one good thing, though, is the top... I guess I shouldn't say the top six, but you have... Five of the top six. Yeah. And you still have Bo Bennett under contract if you want to consider him top six caliber. But you have the entire first line, Crosby, Dupuis, and Kunitz... Um, Hopefully, Dupuis will be ready to go at the beginning of the season. And then you still have Malkin and Neil on the contract as well. So, that definitely is a positive going into the offseason, having all those guys under contract. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much your top earners on the team. So, mm -hmm. However, beyond that, there's not a whole lot else uh, that is signed. Uh, so, the list of free agents... It was pretty long. Uh, Jokinen, Niskanen, Orpik, Gotch, Stempniak, Glass, Vitali, Bokun, Pyatt, Gibbons, Engeland, and then Zolnerchuk, Connor, Kobasu, and Sill. So that's quite a list. Yeah, I mean, and there'll be some, some, some that you figure won't be coming back, like Lee Stempniak, uh, Thomas Vokun, Taylor Pyatt. Um, Chuck Kobasu. Yeah, Chuck Kobasu. Um, but then, really, what is the priority? I have no idea. <laughs> that I guess would be up to the new GM what the what the uh, what the priority is. Well, the two biggest UFAs are Jokinen and Niskanen. So, who would you go after first? I would, because just of the state of the defense, I would go after mm -hmm. Niskanen, I think, Yeah, before Jokinen. I would agree with that. And the big question is, what is he going to want? Uh, you know, he had a great year. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume he'll want about $4 million per year and a pretty long-term contract. That's Yeah, that's true. He was making 2.3 mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. So definitely, I would say, at least a million-dollar increase. Oh, yeah, he'll definitely want more than that. He'll at least be making 3.3 million. But yeah, probably closer to 4 after the negotiations. And some people don't think of him as a huge priority, but when you look at the rest of defense, um, you know, they're just better with Niskanen. Oh, for sure, for sure, because without Niskanen, you've got Martin and Latang, and then your other three that are signed are Mata, Bortuzzo, and Scuderi. And Scuderi was just awful this season. He's getting paid $3,375,000, and it's just terrible. Yeah, really the only thing you can say is hopefully he turns it around. Uh, I mean, if you look at Sergey Gontran and Paul Martin, they yeah. both struggled their first years, so hopefully Scuderi can turn it around. That's true. And then um, with UC Jokinen, I actually forgot how much money he was making uh, <laughs> due to the um, trade with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the Hurricanes were actually picking up part of the salary. But uh, Jokinen's full earnings from last year were $3 million. Um, I'd, I'd be fine giving him $3 million. Uh, A lot of people don't think he's worth that. But the fact that he has the ability to skate with Evgeny Malkin you know he can keep up with him, and you know he can be a 20-goal scorer. Um, I think he'd be worth that. I don't know if Jokin would necessarily be looking for a raise. I mean, he did play well in the playoffs, um, but I'd be fine with you know giving him three to three and a half million. Yeah, I think the raise that he would be looking for wouldn't be as dramatic as the the, the raise that Niskanen is mm-hmm. inevitably going to get. But I think, yeah, those two players, Jokinen and Niskanen, are my top priority. Yeah. And then moving a little further down the depth chart, and uh, probably the biggest question mark is Brandon Sutter, as he is scheduled to be a restricted free agent, uh, meaning uh, the Penguins can offer him a contract, and then Sutter has the choice to take it, or he can elect to go to salary arbitration, which is handled by the NHL, and really, we just don't know what kind of deal he would be awarded in uh, arbitration. Yeah, I, I mean, there's also, and this was again, this was a Ray Shiro possible deal. Like he was on the trading block mm-hmm. um, to Vancouver for Ryan Kessler. So, but he had a really strong playoffs, and the GM that wanted to trade him is now gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, does he still end up being traded somewhere while he's still under contract, or, you know, does he go to arbitration and get signed? Yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily uh, Ray Shero wanting to get rid of Sutter as much as it was just um, Vancouver was giving up a center, so there had to be a center going the other way in return. Right. Um, it wasn't necessarily we need to get rid of Brandon Sutter. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, he really showed his worth in the playoffs. I think, like, mm-hmm. like he was like a different player yeah. almost. 
and then even further down the depth chart, uh, Marcel Gotch, uh, you know, probably will cost around $2 million a year. Uh, I just think it'd be nice to have a solid fourth-line center like him. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know he's a fourth-line player, or he would be on the Penguins, but I really like those four centers mm-hmm. with Crosby, Malkin, Sutter, and Gotch because then yeah. those they're all, like, they're all pretty decent on mm-hmm. face-offs, Sutter and Gotch, for sure. Um, and I think that's what you need, is that you need you need good face-off people at center if you want to play a puck possession game, and I think that's how that you should play. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty important to sign him. And at, if you do sign him for $2 million, I don't, I don't think that's I don't think that's bad. Yeah, and then also... Worth noting, uh, Brian Gibbons will be a unrestricted free agent. We'll ex- we expect him to be re-signed for, you know, somewhere under a million. Yeah, he was making the league minimum five hundred and fifty thousand, so maybe uh, maybe six hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I think he's an energy guy, and he has the ability. He has the ability to be an offensive player. I know in in the minors he is pretty offensive, so maybe he just mm-hmm. hasn't caught up. His hands haven't caught up with the speed of the game, but he's—I yeah. mean—he's certainly—he's certainly fast and and effective. So I would like to see him kept. And then you have a couple spots open at wings on the bottom six, where I would like to see a free agent signing. Um, now we're actually looking through the list and didn't really come across a whole lot, but you would definitely like to see them add a little bit of toughness. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, as we were as we were going through this, we were kind of just rebuilding the same team, mm-hmm. almost. And because um, we were talking about whether or not it would be a good idea to get rid of Tanner Glass or not. And he's one of the two guys on the team that is willing to drop the gloves. And, like, you know, he led the team in hits. So he's, like, the toughest guy on the team. Do you get rid of him and try to get you know a tough guy who can score a little bit more or do you just keep him and try to sign someone else I mean I think with Glass you know he's I know he didn't play in every playoff game but the games he was in uh, he just really didn't bring much to the table as far as no offensive ability or toughness that's true now he did have a much better regular season this year than he did the year previous, because mm-hmm. at the end of the previous year, I was like, just get rid of this guy, <laughs> he's worthless, but he, he definitely earned his money this year, in the regular season. Yeah, he did look better, I would just, I don't know, when you think toughness in the Penguins, I mean, no names really come to mind. No. Uh, moving to the defensive side now. The only other player we have listed is Derek Engeland, UFA, probably returning for 600000 Yeah, I could see him being uh, kept. You know, I think that would just be a good depth signing. Um, I know they do have a lot of defensemen in Wilkes-Barre, but, you know, have a seventh defenseman that can travel with the team making that, you know, just... You I also think. play wing. Yep. Yeah, so just kind of all around a good depth signing. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, 600000 that's not 
going to be breaking the uh, the Penguins, really, mm -hmm. as far as cap space. Um, so it's really just kind of a question mark on whether or not the new GM wants to uh, kind of retain the team as it was or blow the whole thing up and make some kind of mm -hmm. blockbuster trade or just not sign any of the UFAs. We really don't know because we don't know who's going to be making these decisions. Yeah, really have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but it is worth noting all these names we've mentioned and the numbers we've mentioned uh, for keeping them. Uh, it's still giving the Penguins $4 million in cap space. Yeah, so... So there is room to possibly, you know, bring someone in. Yeah, they could bring in, you know, an impact player. It would just... I've been listening to Mark Madden from time to time, and he said something that was really pretty accurate. It's just that the Penguins have gotten stale. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's pretty accurate like it's just the same team year in and year out and they're good in the regular season and they're entertaining but when it comes time to you know in the playoffs when the games matter it just seems like i don't know they just don't show up or so are you in favor of blowing it up <sighs> to an extent i am but i think maybe just getting a new coach would be enough it could be I mean, I think it is worth noting, though, that in 1994, after two early playoff exits, after two cup runs, uh, the Penguins got rid of almost everyone, uh, with the exceptions of Lemieux, Yager, Francis, and Barrasso, and really did not keep much else. So that's always a possibility. However, that did not work out for them. It did not. Uh so, I mean, really anything can happen, and I don't think any of the UFAs necessarily played bad enough to not earn their spot back. I mean, obviously, the guys that started in Wilkes-Barre, we didn't really talk about mm -hmm. other than Gibbons, and I think Vitali is probably on his way out. Orpic is old and too expensive, so that's why we don't have him as coming back. Mm -hmm. Um so, I don't know. I think Orpic, though, would probably, if Ray Shiro had kept his job, he would have re signed Orpic. Uh, it's possible. I definitely wouldn't give him what he's earning now. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely reduced in abilities, but mm -hmm. he's not yet reduced to the amount that Rob Scuderi is. Who's. <laughs> really down on that guy. I'm really down on that guy because he played really bad. <laughs> I mean, I think. You know, the way other defensemen have turned it around, you know. I mean, yeah, maybe if there's a new coach that comes in and they play a new system that's not so run and gun, because, I mm -hmm. mean, he openly, you Yeah, Skidder did openly criticize that. Yeah. Um, around December, uh, right before one of his injuries, he was saying, you know, they're not the Harlem Globetrotters, and I think he really wanted more of a defensive system. And uh, Skidder would probably be fine with Jacques Martin taking the reins. That's true, yeah. We haven't we haven't really talked about possible coaching uh, alternatives. Um, possible coaching alternatives because 
I guess Bilesmo technically still does have his job. We just both think he's going to lose it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would be fine with Jacques Martin uh, stepping up to the to the head coach job. It'd definitely be a much more defensive system. For sure. Um, I mean, since you said wild speculation, we can probably bring this up. Um most of you have heard of Mike Babcock. Uh, he will be, or his contract will be expiring at the end of the next season with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and a lot of people don't think he'll want to be a part of a team that's rebuilding uh, with the type of resume he has. So there is the option of, you know, going with Martin for a year or sticking with Bosma for another year and kind of almost status quo. Yeah. And then try and jump on Mike Babcock when he's available. I mean, that I mean, Mike Babcock is definitely a good coach, and he would it would be pretty awesome to have him in Pittsburgh. He's worked with Crosby before in um, the Olympics. the twenty fourteen and yeah. twenty ten Olympics. Mm -hmm. You know, both of which Canada won gold medals in. Um, so he knows how to deal with like star players, obviously, because he's had Zetterberg and Datsuk and Lindstrom, you know. So there's, I mean, he's a pretty good coach. The Red Wings have been real good for a long time, and even now that they're starting to not be as good as they were, you know, he's still got that team in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny um, when you talk about some teams, you know, going downhill. Usually that means finishing towards the bottom in the league, but the Detroit Red Wings not very good. They're still right there, contending for a playoff spot. Right. Yeah, they still got another playoffs, even though they're on a downward slide. Mm -hmm. um, other coaches that would be available. Um, it's one of Ted's favorite people, John Tortorella, got fired from Vancouver, so he is an option. I would absolutely love John Tortorella in Pittsburgh. Um, I really don't see why people don't like the guy. I mean, he's just entertainment. <laughs> I guess he is an entertaining person. Um, I I don't know. What has he done, though? He won a Stanley Cup in the 03-04 season. Mm -hmm. But since the new NHL, after the lockout, the whole season lockout, what has he done? Uh, he's been to the playoffs a few times in New York. I mean, yeah, he's had some competitive teams. He's won a division. He uh, did win a silver medal in the 2010 yeah. Olympics. And didn't he go to the conference finals one year? I believe he did. With what team? New York. Was it when the Pens were bad? Like back in like... It could have been. Like 05, <laughs> like 06. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But... I mean, I don't know, maybe my point was maybe his coaching style isn't exactly well-suited to the to the type of yeah, game. I mean, you know. That being he, said. Yeah, here we are a year after Toro was fired and the Rangers are in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know. But I still think he has a pretty good resume. And then, you know, just talking about the entertainment value. Um, you have some members of the press in Pittsburgh who think Pittsburgh is the greatest sports city in America. 
<laughs> and act like it's a giant metropolis where yeah. Pittsburgh is a very small market. And I would just be very entertained watching John Tortorella deal with these people. <laughs> um, another another option is uh, Peter Laviolette. He was fired after three games this season from the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, he was assistant on the Olympic team for the USA. Um, he wouldn't be a terrible um, wouldn't be a terrible option as coach. I think. Yeah, I just don't see maybe a little bit more defensive than Dan Bilesma, but yeah. certainly not Jacques Martin. No, definitely not. I just don't see the Penguins bringing in a guy that was just fired from Philadelphia. Yeah, it doesn't look that good. I mean, I know. However, Tortorella was just fired from Vancouver. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking more like the rivalry. Okay. Um, I know okay. it kind of sounds weird because you know hockey is a business, but. You know, just being fired from a rival, I just don't think they would be interested. <laughs> now, I mean, there's always, you could, <laughs> I guess this is also a, a coach that got fired from a rival, but uh, Adam Oates got fired from Washington. Of course, yeah. that was his first coaching. Yeah, game. to me, that'd almost be like, you know, hiring Wayne Gretzky. You know, it's just an ex-player without really much of a track record. Yeah. Um, I just, when you have a team that can be a contender, um, you almost don't want to try something new and mess a lot of that up. Mm -hmm. I mean, that being said, though, that's what the Penguins did with Dan Bilesma. He was a coach in Wilkes-Barre, and then they made him interim coach, and then... And so he he was... I mean, he had quite a track record in Wilkes-Barre, though. Yeah. He won a lot of games there. And I don't know, just Wayne Gretzky never coached in the minors. Yeah, there's, yeah. The idea that you were a player so you can automatically be a coach mm -hmm. doesn't always work out. You can ask Eddie Olchick about that. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> as we said, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, there are probably other options that aren't as apparent. Out of those names we listed, what probably is going to happen is if Dan Bilesma gets fired, I imagine they will just promote Jacques Martin, mm -hmm. and he will maybe coach for a year if they do want to go after Mike Babcock at the end of next season. Maybe they retain Martin and bring in a guy like Babcock to be the head coach at that, at that time. Mm -hmm. Or or maybe Martin has a really good year as a head coach and he just keeps the job. Yeah, it could be. And another name that we've already mentioned is Tony Granado. He also has experience as head coach. Coach uh -huh. for the Colorado Avalanche. That's true. And then the other assistant coach, Todd Reardon. Um, so... I don't think he's ever been a head coach of anything. I don't believe so. But, yeah, I mean, there are three pretty capable assistant coaches underneath Dan Vilesmo. So, I guess we'll find out. Um, pretty sure we're both under the impression that Dan Vilesmo is going to get fired <laughs> before, uh, before training camp starts. I mean, it just seems likely. <laughs> 
I was pretty excited when I heard that there was going to be a press conference because I, I was pretty excited to see, like, who the new coach was going to be yeah. and all this. And, and just then, led to confusion. Yeah, and then the press conference was that the general manager got fired. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, now I don't understand. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's what's happening or what might happen or stuff we'd like to happen. Um but anyway, back to actual hockey. Um, the Rangers are going to be in the Stanley Comp, the Stanley Cup final, and they are awaiting their opponent, which will either be Chicago or L.A. Um, that game is June first. Their game seven is June first. So, I would like to see L.A. win that because I don't know. I I'm not anti Chicago. But they just won mm-hmm. last season, so I would. In LA won two seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, so it makes it better. I don't know. <laughs> now it'd be kind of interesting to see the two top markets in the U.S. in the finals. Uh, I mean, the NHL is really going to make out having these two teams going this far. I mean, either, either, either one. Yeah. LA is the second market, and Chicago is what the third. Yeah. So in I mean, the U.S. anyway. Yeah, and then New York, of course, is the first. So they're going to be – the uh, NHL is going to be making some money. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is good because that would mean the cap would go up. Yeah. Yeah, it would definitely be a good year for that. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's pretty much all that's, that's going on. Um, just kind of waiting to see what happens. So – when we find out, we'll probably talk about it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll be able to have another podcast when it happens. Uh, just all depends on our schedules. Yeah. You know. We're pretty professional about this uh, podcast, <laughs> so. Yeah, we're wearing suits right now. So. We are. I even have a pocket square. Anyway, so that's all we've got for today. So, uh, till next time. See ya. See ya.